Good morning, everybody. And you're with me, Kevin Stevenson, on I Don't Care on Market Scale Radio. Uh, thanks for joining me. As always, uh, we have two really fantastic guests today. I think you're going to be, uh, be really fascinated by what they have to talk about in the area of remote patient monitoring and connectivity. So with us today uh, is the CEO of Cloud Diagnostics, Robert Call and their chief medical officer, Dr. Sonny Culley. So Robert and Sonny, welcome to I Don't Care. Thanks, Thank you. Man. Hey, really glad to have you today. Uh, you know, just for, for, my, for my viewers and listeners, Robert, I understand you're a serial entrepreneur and a health tech visionary, and you're a Forbes, con Forbes contributor. So, you know, I'm in rare company, so that's awesome. Uh, and Sonny is an ICU physician. This is really cool, Sonny. You're an astronaut candidate and an advocate for connected healthcare. So, you know, I, I'm in I'm in rarefied air here. So, you guys, uh, you know, thanks again for being with me. So, cloud diagnostics, Robert. Tell me a little bit about about your company, how it got started, and a little bit about your vision uh, for what you do. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is a, it is a kind of a funny story. Um, Cloud, Cloud DX for short, Cloud Diagnostics, is uh, not the first company uh, with that name. I actually founded the first Cloud Diagnostics all the way back in 2010, actually 2009. And at that time, I was, I'm a Canadian citizen, but I live in America. I live in New York City. And my job back then was bringing Canadian technologies down to the U.S. market. And I was introduced to this revolutionary medical technology that was developed in Toronto, Canada a new way to measure blood pressure, entirely unique, never before seen, very, very futuristic, very cool. And I was able to acquire the rights to it, um, but the, the, there was a catch. The technology wasn't FDA cleared, you know, when I made that deal. And part of the deal was it had to get FDA clearance before, you know, before we could sell it, do anything with it. And so uh, one thing led to another, uh, long story short, that FDA clearance uh, was held up, it wasn't happening, and so, um, in order to overcome that barrier and you know what to do next while well, that was still getting figured out, I made a deal that my little found, you know, first little company was acquired by the manufacturer of this new technology. So the very first thing that happened in like a six month period was we made an acquisition deal, a merger and acquisition deal. And then I went to work for that company. It was a company called Biosign Technologies based in Canada. And eventually I became the CEO of that company. So this is a story where, you know, I started as the director of sales and eventually wound up running the show. And then in that process, that company sort of went through some changes more in the software area. And so Sonny and myself and one other co-founder who's actually my brother, we realized there was an opportunity here to kind of carve out this medical device division mm -hmm. that had created this extraordinary technology to you know, entirely different way of measuring blood pressure. And so we were able to make that deal in 2014. So there's sort of a three sort of three step dance there that wound up with Sonny and Anthony and myself founding Cloud DX in 2014 as the company you see today. And then uh, in the six years, six and a half years since, we've gone from just the, literally the three of us to a nearly 60 person company uh, that's on the verge of actually going public right now. That's fascinating. So, so Sonny, talk to me a little bit. I know you're involved in the Qualcomm uh, Tricor X Prize. Tell, tell my listeners a little bit about that and about your, your entry in that. Certainly, yes. So back in, I would say, 2013, is it, Rob? When you cold called me and ended up at the hospital? 
Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Rob is a Star Trek aficionado. This is a, a very cool story, Kevin. This is where the, the no, universe no, 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 is... There we, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the universe was giving us a message. So Star, Rob is a Star Trek aficionado and, and a follower of XPRIZE. And for those of you that don't know, XPRIZE is, is a nonprofit based in California, uh, in California. It was founded by Peter Diamandis. And their vision is to incentivize mankind to solve its grandest challenges, cleaning the air, cleaning the oceans, um, things like that, civilian commercial space flight. And they, and they do so by uh, offering large price purse competitions, Kevin. So uh, you may remember the first XPRIZE was the XPRIZE that, uh, that Elon Musk and Richard Branson competed in to create a spacecraft that could go to low Earth orbit and back twice in 30 days. And if I'm correct, Richard Branson won that X Prize, and of course they probably spent 50 million to win the 10 million. Sure. But but it really spurned on as private space industry that we see today with SpaceX and a thriving multi-billion-dollar industry. It all started with that seed and that you know planting that seed and watering it. And so one well, of the and, and, and if if you don't mind, Sonny, I got to throw something in. Fun fact about me, I literally live about 10 miles as the crow flies from SpaceX here in Central Texas. So oh, anytime wow. they test a rocket, my house You shakes. get to watch. I, I just that's thought I'd awesome. throw that out there. So. <laughs> that's so cool. Right on. Oh, that's amazing. You got to get them to land on your front yard. Now that they Wouldn't can that do that, cool? that, that would be pretty cool. I think that'll let me go up for, yeah, just for shaking me up so often. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that's okay. That's not an interruption. So, um... So yeah, so the, the next X Prize that came along was you know this is way before you know the pandemic, virtual healthcare being sort of a commonplace term now. Back in those days, it was heresy to consider that someone could be formally diagnosed at home at the fidelity mm -hmm. of a doctor with a handheld technology. Like that's just freaking nuts. Yeah. Uh, and yet that was what they wanted to prove with the next X Prize because they saw it coming. They saw the tidal wave of aging Americans, the, the, the long-term care facilities being full, the healthcare system being broken with inefficiencies and costs. Let's, let's outsource some of that care to the home. Let's empty the hospitals. Let's, let's do this. We've done it for other industries like banking. Why can't we do it for healthcare? So they wanted to prove the concept. So the challenge was to all the teams that participated, and there was about 400 companies worldwide, create a technology that's smartphone-based, Kevin, that would allow you to diagnose up to 12 conditions at home. And we're not talking about like basic things. We're talking about stroke, atrial fibrillation, HIV, hepatitis C, TB, pneumonia, like a ridiculous list of conditions that just seemed like heresy. It was basically mission impossible. And also your tricorder in the vein of Dr. McCoy from Star Trek mm -hmm. should also monitor all of your vital signs seamlessly, remotely, all going to the cloud so you can apply analytics to it. So Rob approached me at my hospital in, in the greater suburban, suburban Toronto area and said, I heard you were interested in this kind of stuff. Uh, prior to meeting Rob, Rob's arc and journey to to Cloud DX, he, doc, he, he chronicled for, for your listeners, my journey was a bit different. I was volunteering in Haiti after the earthquake and realizing when I was down there, despite it being the most modern hospital at the time because everything had been destroyed, we didn't have a functioning ECG machine, which is kind of like a pen for an accountant. Yeah. And so, you know, I basically with some smart engineers, we MacGyvered a broken one. I'm, I'm dating myself. And, and then I realized over some cheap Haitian beer, Kevin, that the world needed technology like this to monitor people at home remotely. And so off I went, spent my life savings, failed startup under my belt, but had a prototype. 
And so I reached out to BioSign, the company Rob was CEO of, because I was interested in their pulse wave technology, the one that you're fascinated by. Mm -hmm. And so he decided to just show up at the hospital, you know, wearing his slick New York suit and the, and the, and the pocket handkerchief. And then quickly I realized that we actually, despite me wearing scrubs and him uh, looking like uh, he's on Wall Street, we actually, at every level, we're like brothers from another mother. Um, he has a visionary concept of healthcare. He's very enthusiastic and, and, and optimistic about ideas. Mission Impossible doesn't scare him. And all of those things resonated with me. On top of that, he happened, despite coming from New York City, I'm sorry, my lights just went out. Oh, I'm, no, in one of those, okay. I'm in one of those dumb hospital rooms, <laughs> saving money in Canada. There hey, you go. You know, it's live TV, it's fine, it's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Blame it on the Canadian healthcare exactly. system and our, right. our fiscal responsibility. So, so Rob, <laughs> uh, he, he said, Sonny, I've heard about this X prize to create a tricorder. And with our pulse wave technology at BioSign and your ingenuity around the ECG, we could join forces and I'll make you chief medical officer and you can lead the team and you can you know, finish what you started. I was overjoyed by this. And the interesting wrinkle to this, Kevin, is he's actually originally Canadian and he grew up in our town, Calgary, Alberta, near the Rocky Mountains, not a, not a mile from me. And we had no idea. That's crazy. It's insane. You probably are related, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, tell my, don't tell my mom that. Yeah. 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 So here we are today. We, 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 we went for the X Prize. That's fascinating. And so, so your, your entry, if I'm not mistaken, it's called Vitality. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll let Rob okay. speak to that. Go for it, Rob. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, you know, March 24th is World TB Day. So, you know, I know you guys are doing some work with the XPRIZE Foundation and UC San Diego in Mozambique utilizing Vitality. Talk to me about that because this is really cool stuff. It is cool. It, it's extremely cool. Um, so really, Vitality was made up of three parts. There's a wearable device that goes under a person's clothes that monitors all their vital signs continuously at the same accuracy as you would have in a hospital, in an ICU. So ECG, blood oxygen, body temperature, respiration, mm -hmm. continuously monitoring. So that's a very cool piece of technology. It's coming soon. It's in clinical trials as well. Then there was a base station. And the base station would take your blood pressure using our pulse wave cuff. It was all built in. And it would actually monitor, measure a little, little tiny samples of fluid. So uh, um, uh, saliva or huh. urine or blood, you could put just a little drop in there and it would instantly diagnose whatever was in that sample. That's how we diagnose things like HIV using a blood sample. Uh -huh. Very, very cool. Then the third part was actually the software and it was running on a smartphone, just an ordinary off the shelf Android phone. Mm -hmm. And the software was the key to the whole thing. The software had to be like a doctor. You know, we, we joke, but we basically just downloaded Sonny's brain into the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it would be like you're talking to Sonny, you're talking to Dr. Coley, and it would ask you okay. questions, you know, about your symptoms. How do you feel? And then it was okay, well, I'm we're going to do a blood test now because based on your symptoms, we think you might have a UTI or something. One of the things that we had to be able to measure was pneumonia. Hmm. And so we were able to discover a company in Boston that had developed a technology that can diagnose respiratory diseases based on the sound of a person coughing. They had done that like nearly 10 years ago with money from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the, the National Institutes of Health. They got a long way into proving that this technology was actually functional and we were able to basically license it. So we licensed the core idea of this 
detection of cough sounds and then using you know uh, computer software separating out the sound of the cough and finding a, a, a sound footprint almost like a fingerprint mm -hmm. um, to map that to the sound of different diseases it's a very very interesting idea in fact i'll tell you a little quick digression the yeah. very first telemedicine call in the entire history of telemedicine very first one happened over a hundred years ago right after the telephone was invented literally like this like the fifth telephone ever installed was mm -hmm. used by a person to call their doctor and get the doctor to listen to the sound of a baby coughing and oh. the doctor diagnosed whooping cough on the call. That happened, like telemedicine is as old as the telephone. That so, is fascinating, I've never heard of it. Very cool. Me neither. It's true, it's true. So this technology that we took it and we rebuilt it entirely to use artificial intelligence to analyze mm -hmm. this, this, uh, this concept and then because we're one of the winners of the X Prize, we have access to uh, over $5 million in funding at University of California, San Diego to commercialize the tricorders. And oh. some of that funding comes from the Roddenberry Foundation, which is the foundation set up by the family of Gene Roddenberry sure. and his wife, Majel Barrett, who were the creators of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So the Roddenberry Foundation, they supplied $1.6 million in funding to test uh, someone's tricorder. And they chose our tricorder to be tested for the diagnosis of tuberculosis, along with the National Institutes of Health in Mozambique. That's and so for a year now, we've been gathering cough sounds of people coughing in Mozambique and diagnosing who of those people had tuberculosis and, and other diseases, but especially we're focused on tuberculosis. Okay. Of course, you're exactly right, it's World TB Day, and CloudDX is very proud to be working with this, these groups to one day hopefully come up with a very simple, almost so inexpensive, it's almost free technology that can reliably tell a person that there's a high chance you have tuberculosis, you need to get some treatment right now. Mm -hmm. Staggering fact, two billion people on earth, a quarter of the population of our planet is already infected with tuberculosis right now. Yeah. Most people yeah. don't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I, I ran a hospital in Kentucky about 20 some odd years ago, and our one and a half year old was diagnosed as a as a TB. You know, she, she was tested positive. And, uh -huh. you know, here I am, you know, dad walking around feeling feeling guilty about giving my daughter TB. But, you know, as, as we learned, you can get that anywhere. I mean, our pediatrician said that could have you could she could have picked it up at Walmart. No big deal. But so, so tell me a little yeah, bit about, you know, boots on the ground. What's going on in Mozambique, Sonny? I mean, you want to feel that one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So there's a really interesting clinic, Kevin, that's associated with their university. And it's neat how they provide care there. So basically people line up from all over both urban Maputo, which is their big city on the coast, Kevin, and rural areas. They show up, you know, by cart, by buggy, by taxi, you name it. And they just line up. And there's a, a, a peripheral clinic there. And this clinic services all types of people, pregnant moms, babies, men, you name it. And then there's a guy who's been commissioned by the government and trained, uh, or, or, or a person called a cough officer. And they kind of just scan the line, Kevin. They just walk up and down the line, listening for people who are coughing. If you're coughing, they're like, hmm. They pull you out of the line. They throw a mask on you, and they take you about 50 meters away to another little clinic. It's really just a cubbyhole. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they sit down, and they screen you for TB. 
So uh, the, and it's such a major issue in Africa and Mozambique in particular, and they're so burdened by it. And the costs of uh, detecting TB, uh, there's a sputum sample test, there's a genetic mm-hmm. test, there's an x-ray that's required. They realize that this could be done much better uh, in a way that's non-invasive, that's cheaper, that could be deployed at scale in smaller villages. They don't need to take the whole, a whole truck with all of the uh, needed for testing uh, equipment to these mm-hmm. places, but they couldn't find a technology that could do that. And when they heard about our cough analysis smartphone-based technology and artificial intelligence algorithm, they thought, this is a natural fit. Yeah. So we, of course, jumped at this. We were gluttons for punishment. If the X Prize was not enough, we decided to take our wares to Africa and test our solutions there. So, so far, it's been quite promising, but we have to wait for the final data from the study, Kevin. Sure. Fascinating. So, so what's, the, what's the percentage of accuracy in diagnosing TB uh, with, your, with your technology? So early days, we can't really say. Suffice to say that we've done uh, half of the patients in the study, clinical study. It's a prospective clinical study. Mm-hmm. I'm taking you back to your roots as a healthcare industry guy. And <laughs> I saw the eyes roll. Yeah. And, um, and it's pretty promising. It's pretty provocative to the point where everyone on the team's galvanized to see this through because we think it could be a solution for diagnosing TB, at least as a screening tool, completely non-invasively. So just imagine someone just has to download an app off the Android or Apple store from the comfort of their home and be screened for TB. That's amazing. Now, how long is the, is the clinical trial uh, occurring over there? Uh, we started um, over a year ago and because of the pandemic, we had to shut down. And in yeah. fact, we started, we ended up recruiting a few COVID patients. We're up and running again. So anybody's guessed when we'll get to our target patients, but we're anticipating six months to a year. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, uh, again, that is just, it's blowing me away. So let's talk about the other piece of technology that you guys have, have created that, again, looking at your website, reading up on PulseWave, uh, I'm fascinated by that. I want to hear a lot about that. And, and guys, I'll tell you one thing. I saw that you were looking for people who might be willing to test that out. I signed up. I'm just letting you know. So, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of keep me at the top All of right. the pile. But, but tell my listeners about it. Well, Keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, so I'm going to start, and then I'm going to let Sunny talk to some of the clinical aspects mm-hmm. of the technology. But just to, you know, I've kind of, I've, I've begun talking about the concept of a, of a device that measures blood pressure differently than any other device in the world. And, and so here's what I mean by that. You know, blood pressure measurement has been around for many, many, many years, over probably pushing 100 years now. And the original concept was, uh, that if you occlude an artery, if you stop the blood flowing and then you slowly let the pressure off with the stethoscope, you can actually hear what they call the corticoff sounds. You can hear when the blood reaches that peak of pressure, when the pulse wave mm-hmm. is, is pushing through the artery, and then when it quiets down, when it's at resting pressure. So systolic blood pressure, diastolic blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So two points, systolic, diastolic, 120 over 80. And then, you know, you can also count the heartbeats. So to this day, when you go and get a blood pressure cuff, and it doesn't matter who makes it, it doesn't matter if it's a very expensive Welch Allen device or the least expensive uh, cuff on Amazon, it measures two things, systolic and diastolic. And then it gives you heart rate. That's it. That's all it does. Three data points. You know, and that's what the whole system is based on. So the inventor of PulseWave, who is a physician who's no longer with us, he passed away a couple of years ago, his name was Raduleka. He had a brainwave. Uh, the, the, the legend 
it's just a legend. I don't have any proof of this, but the legend is that as a young man in Romania, in the back in the old days in the Soviet bloc, uh, he had a job as a graduate student working on data from the Soviet space program. And the, the legend is that the, unlike the American space program, where they had listening stations all over the world, so they were always in contact with the orbiting astronauts, mm. the Russian system wasn't like that. The Soviet system, well, they could only talk to ast cosmonauts while the ship was over Russia. Hmm. They didn't have any antennas anywhere else. They were less friendly. So they could only like do like one download of information and they had to quickly figure out what was going on. And so bottom line, Dr. Lecke came up with an idea that if you record in great detail, high fidelity, the entirety of that pulse wave, which I would call it pulse wave, right? The actual pressure wave as it moves mm -hmm. through the elastic artery, there's a tremendous amount of data in that information. Hmm. And he invented a device in the early 2000s that gathers that pulse wave signal. Technically, it's called a sphygmogram. It looks like an ECG signal. Mm -hmm. It's got that same PQRS complex, PQRST complex. It looks very similar to a, an ECG. But instead of the electrical output of the nerves around the heart, this measures the mechanical output of the heart, the pressure wave in the blood. Mm -hmm. So he then, in a very, very forward-thinking way, he uh, used algorithms uh, based in what we now call the cloud. This is before anybody even heard of cloud. And he, he analyzed that data, and he pulled out all kinds of stuff. Not only do we get systolic and diastolic blood pressure, but we get uh, like a constant analysis of the pressure waves, what they call beat-to-beat -beat blood pressure. Mm -hmm. We get a statistical confidence interval of how accurate and precise that measurement is. So instead of 120 over 80, Pulse wave says it's 120 plus or minus three over 80 plus or minus four, hmm. right? So that tells you, okay, that's pretty good. That's, you know, it's like I did 120 or 122, 122. Mm -hmm. If it was 120 plus or minus 11, that's not very good. That's kind of fuzzy. It's, it's not, it's imprecise. This is a unique measurement. No, one, no other system can offer that. Then he realized that we could actually see if that heartbeat is actually working properly compared to how the nerves are firing. So sometimes in a person's heart, you have an arrhythmia, an arrhythmia like atrial fibrillation or another arrhythmia, like a, a mitral valve um, problem mm -hmm. that winds up affecting the way that pulse wave looks and the way the data is extracted. Mm -hmm. He realized that in the shape of that overall wave, we can actually detect respiration rate. So in addition to heart rate, heart anomalies, right, arrhythmias, Mm -hmm. Very accurate, very precise blood pressure. We can also measure respiration rate, all in the same 60 seconds of data. And then he had a real brainwave. And actually, I was, I'm proud to say I participated in this particular brainwave. Mm -hmm. We figured out that this data is so precise that, in fact, when people take a certain types of medication, not every medication, but some medications, it actually impacts the way that the, the pulse wave looks. Hmm. That means we have, a, we have the ability to detect the moment of ingestion of medication. That was like a giant light bulb going on because you know, non-adherence to uh, medication is like a $600 billion problem around the world. Mm -hmm. Well, so as CEO of Biosign, when I eventually became the CEO, my first step was to patent a lot of this information, protect that information, wow. and then move to commercialize it. So that's what the whole team has been doing for the last six years. Is bringing this technology to market. That, that's Pulse wave. No, I'll, I'll stop for a minute. I'll, I'll let you ask questions, and then Sunny can weigh in also on the some of the clinical implications of this of this yeah, uh, technology. Yeah, 
it's just it's just so fascinating. I mean, I'm looking at you know what uh, what pulse wave what it has the capability of doing, and it truly could revolutionize cardiovascular health and overall health in general. So I see that that you guys uh, the the software calculates what you call the total anomaly score. Sonny, tell us a little bit about that. How you know what is what does that mean? What's a, what all is involved in that? Certainly, yes. So Rob already alluded to the fact that there's certain arrhythmias that pulse wave can pick up. So basically, we're just picking up anomalies. Is the heartbeat early? Is it late? Is the amplitude or the force of ejection of the blood more than usual, less than usual? We compile all those anomalies into a score, Kevin. And it's sort of a screening tool that the patient or the caregiver or the primary care person can use to say, hey, hmm. This person needs more cardiac investigation. I want to go get an ECG. I want to get an echocardiogram. There's something wrong. And in fact, whenever a story Rob likes to tell, uh, there's a prominent doctor in a, in a big hospital in Toronto uh, who's the head of cardiology, who a patient just came off the street saying, hey, I got this pulse wave device and I have this weird anomaly. And the doctor looked at it like she was crazy and said, this is heresy. Like, what is this? So he underwent investigations and sure enough, she had had a silent heart attack. And part of the wall of her heart was not functioning. And we were detecting the anomaly peripherally with this non-invasive, inexpensive tool called PulseWave. So he was so bought in, he randomly cold called us and ended up being one of our first investors. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 I, I read a little bit about that story and was just, just amazed at that. So, so where are you in the distribution for PulseWave? Talk to me a little bit about where you are in the cycle. Absolutely. Well, so the exciting news, uh, the exciting news is Pulse Wave is commercially available. It, it was actually FDA cleared in 2014. No, no, 2012. Yeah. And and has in fact been distributed to thousands and thousands and thousands of patients uh, across North America. It's as a system. Now I want to point out two more things about Pulse Wave that are really cool. One is that we gathered this raw sigmogram, this pulse trace. For every single patient who uses the system, we get every single one, and it's in the oh. big database. Going back years now, going back literally to the 2010 timeframe, even earlier, mm -hmm. there's millions. We've taken millions and millions of readings now from hundreds of thousands of patients, because sometimes these are used in clinics where people are using them, different patients are using them every single day. And when we apply our math to this raw data, we can actually invent new ways to analyze it, and then we can almost go back in time and come up with you know, sort of longitudinal data. Um, and then we also get what's called metadata. So we also know whether the system is actually doing its job properly, whether the signal's strong enough, whether it's a correct the voltage, the pressures, everything. So we, we are confident that every single one of those measurements is accurate. We have that confidence in the data. Mm -hmm. So we're now at the point, having distributed uh, thousands and thousands, uh, over 10,000 units have been shipped. Uh, across North America. It's being used in our Connected Health platform. That's the picture behind me right here, Connected mm -hmm. Health. And so it's being used for post-surgical monitoring. It's being used for chronic care management. It's being monitored. Uh, it's helping folks with uh, COPD, congestive heart failure. We are on the verge of launching Pulse Wave 2. Pulse Wave 2 will be another order of magnitude of improvement in this platform. So it's uh, lighter, it's portable, it has a much higher fidelity sensor that gathers an even larger amount of data. Um, it has an accelerometer and gyroscope built into it that allows it to, first of all, know when it's at exactly the right level uh, towards you know, uh, uh, 
related to your heart. So it gets yeah. a very accurate reading because that's important. Uh, we call it the Tesla blood pressure cuffs because it can do over the air software updates, just like your Tesla can. So that uh, when we invent new things and we improve the firmware, we can automatically update every unit out there in the world. Okay. So PulseWave is going from strength to strength. Uh, it's become one of the more preferred tools in the connected health toolkit. But we expect because PulseWave 2 was designed specifically for virtual care and remote patient monitoring, the new world we live in after COVID, we hope and expect it to become uh, one of the most popular devices of its kind on the planet. As it's, guys, it's just fascinating. So we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, any final words, uh, kind of wrap up? Sonny, you have anything you want to share? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in fact, that's what drew me, Kevin, to, uh, to PulseWave and Biosign when I found out about this device way back when, before Rob Cole called me, I was like, hmm. In, in medicine, we always have this veil of sort of um, um, translucency. So people don't, you know, when, we're, when we make errors or when our measurements are inaccurate, we're not readily uh, admitting to those. Kevin, you know, you ran a hospital. Yeah. Uh, and so it really resonated with me that there's a device out there that's actually very honest about its error rate. Huh, you know what? Plus or minus this. So yeah. this is, and that, and, 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 and an era where doctors really need to start being more transparent for every reason in the book, mm -hmm. from ethics to medical legal obligations, you name insurance companies, this just made sense to me. So now patients at home will take their blood pressure and rather than just showing up in my clinic, and saying, change my medication because my pressure's high, I now can rely on a device that says, no, dude, this is actually inaccurate data or the measurement is flawed because the precision was poor. Mm -hmm. So I can now look at data that objectifies that and then I can reliably say, no, you do need to change your medication. The best part about this is once we enact the uh, you know, medication detection algorithms, I'll be able to say, you know, you know what, it's nothing to do with the device, honey. You're not taking your blood pressure medication. Stop <laughs> lying to me. <laughs> so it yeah. goes both ways. And the last, last part, and Kevin, is I can't wait for the day that we deliver the wireless pulse wave device to your front door with the SpaceX rocket. See, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that too. Absolutely. That's right. Very cool. So Rob, final words? So I just want to point out, you know, that as much as we've talked about fun devices, um, CloudDX is really a data science company. So when you think about what I've really been sharing with you, this, this data we get from PulseWave is mm -hmm. the key. It's not the plastics and the pump and the batteries, it's the data. Uh, with cough analysis, it's not about, um, you know, what smartphone you use, it's the data. And this is the world that we're moving into. And, you know, all of us need to work together because it's not about one company dominating everybody. This is more than anything, this is very much a team effort. We can't succeed with cough analysis without not only the Roddenberry Foundation, but the entire world of tuberculosis care working with us and we can't help uh, patients for post-surgical and remote patient monitoring without the insurance companies, Medicare, the payers, the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, patient groups, everyone has a stake in this. Uh, CloudDX's mission is that we want to make healthcare better for everyone. That includes not just patients, it includes the staff, it includes the people paying the bills. So we are excited to share these, these uh, thoughts with you and we want to invite people to contact us, uh, check out our website, cloudbx.com and share their experiences and ask questions. We're, That's we're just fascinating, guys. I've really enjoyed today. You guys have, uh, have enlightened me and enlightened the, uh, the viewers and listeners on, you know, so many people think this is futuristic technology, but it's not, we're doing it right now which is yeah. incredibly cool. So, so 
I think that's it, guys. Robert Call, Dr. Sonny Coley from uh, Cloud Diagnostics. Thanks again for being on I Don't Care. Uh, and uh, viewers and listeners, you know how to find us uh, every Friday morning, 9.30 Central Time at Market Scale Radio. If you miss us, uh, quote unquote, live, uh, go to Spotify or iTunes. It'll be dropped pretty soon after that. And uh, as I end every uh, podcast, if you haven't subscribed to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson yet, why haven't you? So with that, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. (laughs) 